Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Hey, good evening, friends, and happy Thanksgiving week to you. We're so thankful for you. Speaking of Thanksgiving, we're glad that you tuned in tonight, and we're glad that you watch us throughout the week on BBS Radio TV and four other platforms, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube. Thanks so much for being part of our uh, Raising Expectations family. Hey, tonight we've got a great program for you, and we always begin quickly by sharing with you the wonderful friends and people here on this co-host team. Again, I'm Pastor Joe. It's great to see you every week. And we have on the West Coast, so you can see where the team is spread out, from Lompoc, California, we have Dr. Paul Hall, who's a retired pastor, who's a teacher, a uh philosopher. He also theologues for us. There's no such word. We made it up, but we're going to make a fortune because he's so good at it. And he takes the word of God and he places it into our lives all the way from Lompoc. How about that one, Paul? So, that's good. Lompoc, California. Lompoc, that's it. There we go. So, And all the way on the East Coast and uh, in the great state of Georgia, Dalton, Georgia, which is near South Carolina and Chattanooga, Tennessee and Alabama. There's a big quarter right there in four separate states. We have Dr. Steph Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer, her husband. Steph is the founder and CEO of, of Quenching Wells. She's a nutrition specialist. She helps people to find out what works for them, what to eat and how to stay strong and take care of, the, of their body and their health, the temple of God. And she is a wonderful husband who is, his name is Craig. Actually, we call him Tank Thayer. Tank is a, a surgeon, a trauma surgeon. He's a nutrition specialist. And I have heard it on the grapevine that he's one heck of a water polo coach, too, on top of all of that. He's, he's getting a renowned name as a water polo coach. So <laughs> we think he's good at it. So anyway, so they're coming to us from the East Coast. Our, our special voice from the middle part of the nation in Central America, McKinney, Texas, he's on his way to the East Coast. So we missed him tonight. He called and he got behind on his schedule. He's headed to Florida. So you'd be praying for Pastor Ron Greer and his family as they head down there in this holiday season. We also have another guest with us tonight. By request, you asked for him so many times, and we're so thankful. He's a very special guy in my life, and that's Pastor Will Hobbs, his wonderful wife, Lauren, and two of the most precious little girls you could ever imagine. And uh, he's going to be with us tonight. And our theme for tonight, as you know, as you've been reading some of the simple things we put out there for you, is Thanksgiving. How original, huh? We came up with that this week because Thanksgiving was this week. So as we thought about it, we begin to realize maybe we should all ask ourselves the question, what are we thankful for in our families, 
in our lives, in our nation. And we'll begin to think about this in just a moment. Will Hobbs is going to come and share with us. Will, as you know, is the associate pastor at Kelview Heights Baptist Church in Midland, Texas. Will is uh, one of the outstanding young pastors you're going to find anywhere. Uh, he relates, he understands, he cares, he shares, he does a ministry that is reaching literally beyond the numbers of people in the age bracket that need to know that they are being called of God to love their families and lead this nation. And he's in front of it right there. So uh, he'll be coming on in just a second. And as he starts, we've got something we want you to see. It's called uh, Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving song. And we invite you to watch it with us. And then Will Hobbs will be stepping right on to share with us. And we'll be going back and forth. What are you thankful for? A Thanksgiving song. Grateful for each hand we hold Gathered round this table From far and near we travel Blessed that we are able Grateful for this sheltered place With light in every window Saying welcome, welcome, share this feast Come in away from sure have a lot to be thankful for will yeah that's true um well i wanted to talk about with you guys tonight and 
uh, in this session with a prayer, praying for our listeners, um, is what is the ability, what's the basis, excuse me, of your ability to give thanks in the first place? You know, I know a lot of us stand around the Thanksgiving dinner table and we may pray, we may, even if we don't, we may share some things that we're thankful for. But what is really the permanent basis? Well, I just wanted to bring us to the fact, and you guys jump in anytime that, you know, we, you have a creator, anybody who's listening or watching, you need to realize you have a creator who loves you and has done incredible things for you. So what is the basis of your ability to give thanks to that creator is really one of the questions I wanted to start with. Um, What do you have to be thankful for? So a lot of people point to anything other than him and his love for us. They point to everything else. And that's okay to do that as well. They may point to, well, I'm thankful because I have an enjoyable job that provides for my needs. Um, I, I love going to work, but you know, many don't have that. That's a, sometimes we have it sometimes, you know, I, I know people who, who sometimes dread going to work on Monday and hopefully that's not a career choice for them, but for a limited time in their life, maybe, maybe it's what they need to be doing for now. Um, some people say, well, I'm thankful for a great marriage, but a lot of people don't, don't have that either. Some people say, well, I'm good. I'm thankful for good family relationships. But again, um, if I have those, that's an extra added blessing. But a lot of people don't. Some people don't have that. And I, I work with people all the time who who struggle there and maybe they don't have that at all. Um, a body that works exactly like I want it to. You know, for a while, we probably have that maybe uh, most of us, many of us, but many times we don't. And all of us eventually don't. Uh, so um, a good government leader. Some people say, well, I'm thankful for a good government leader, but all of us know there's the Old Testament proverb that says, when the wicked rule, the people groan, you know, and so uh, we don't always have that either, you know, and so there's only one thing that is always there to be thankful for, right? And that's our creator. And, um, you know, maybe you guys can chime in with other ideas of things that yes, it may be something you mention when you're sitting around the dinner table saying, hey, what do I have to be thankful for? But it is not always something that's permanent or or necessarily always there. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts floating around in your head on, on, on that. Uh, kids, obviously, kids are a blessing and something to be thankful for. And so, um, you know, there's only one thing that that doesn't change. It's always there. You can always be thankful for it. It doesn't diminish. It doesn't go away. It doesn't, you may not realize that it's there, but it does not stop. And it's so important. This thing that I'm talking about, that's always there is so important that Paul actually prays for the local church in Ephesus, modern day Turkey, basically. When he's writing a letter to them, he prays for them that they would experience it fully not just know about it, but actually personally experience it. In fact, he calls it the foundation of your life. And that's Ephesians 3. So I'll read that. And then we want to just jump in and discuss this. So here's what Paul says. Very interesting. In Ephesians 3. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. So here's what he says. This is his second, I believe, second prayer for the church in this letter. And he says, For this reason, I bow my knees 
He's talking about praying here to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. That he's talking about believers there in verse 15. And then in verse 16, he says that he, God, would grant you. Now, that word you in the Greek and the English doesn't come through in the Greek. It's second person plural. In other words, he's not just talking to one person. He's talking to all the believers that he's writing to. So he said that he would grant you, all of you, according to the riches of his glory. Well, that's limitless. That's unlimited to be strengthened with might through his spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, In the first chapter of this letter, he just got finished saying the father set the plan up, the son accomplished the plan, and the spirit applies the plan to your life of salvation. So he says that you might be strengthened uh, with might through his spirit, the Holy Spirit, in the inner man inside of you. That When you're saved, he places his spirit inside of you. He says, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So not just in my intellectual life, but my emotional life too. And that you being, and he uses two words, rooted and grounded, that you would be rooted like a tree. Uh, We have trees here in West Texas. And if you don't let them develop their wind roots, when they get very big at all, they blow over because it's very windy. And if the roots aren't solid, right, not only can the tree not get nutrients, but it, it can't, can't stand. So it says, I want you, Paul prays for them. I want you to be rooted. And then he says grounded. That's the word basically for laying a foundation. When you build a house, you lay a slab. Typically, unless you're building pier and beam, you lay a slab. And that's this word, laying a strong foundation. He says that you may be rooted and grounded. And he only says one thing, in love. And then he says, so God's love for you. And then he says, Now, in the English, it doesn't come through in most translations, but the beginning of verse 18 has a so that there, so that you can be able to, so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all the other believers, what is the width and length and depth and height to know, not just know about it, but to experience it, to know the love of Christ. There's that one word again, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge can't even fully understand it so and here's another so that so that you may be filled with all the fullness of god well you can't be filled with all the fullness of god if if you don't understand and grasp his love for you so one of the things that thanksgiving comes from when we enter this week of thanksgiving and we talk about what we're thankful for it comes from an overflow of god's love for you and i think that's the great thing about it it's not something you have to work up by your own strength. I think sometimes during Thanksgiving, we think, oh, well, if my family or my friends are going to ask me what I'm thankful for, I have to just cook something up so I can have something to say when it's my turn. This is not something you have to work up. That's the great thing about it, by your own strength. It's not something you have to come up with on your own. It is and, and I don't mean that God loves you in some generic sense of the word love. I mean, specifically, what Paul means here in Ephesians 3 is very specific. He's talking about the gospel and everything that comes with it. So not just some general sense of a good feeling of love, but the agape love in scripture that is an action that acts on benefit of its recipient. 
based on the value that they have. It's just a choice to act, to do something and not just a feeling. So it's him going to the cross to pay for my sin. So, and everything that that brings with it, including what Paul's praying that the church would understand in Ephesians three. So I think, you know, look, when we're sitting around the dinner table or we're with friends or we're, we're on the phone with a loved one who we can't be with face to face or whatever it is, and we're sharing this week, what we're thankful for. I think one of the, and talking about the other things, that's great. That's great. Let's do that too. But let's not forget the only thing that's always there, no matter what our circumstances are. And that's the love that God has for us. And he aims it at us. Now it does result in his glory and his being lifted up. Sure. But it doesn't start with that. It starts with him aiming and directing his love at us. And and he designed us in his image to be the same way. So um, I don't know. What do you do? Any you jump in at this point and. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in, man. You said yeah. a lot of stuff. So um, faith and love are not an adjective or a noun. They're a verb. Yeah. What you just said is that those things need to be in action. Yeah. That also said, how many people, unfortunately, especially in California, because it's so divided, mm. are afraid to make a prayer or a blessing over this food? Mm. Again, that would be our action of love towards our God mm. to bless our food and our lives with what we have. And we would be the light in that room to demonstrate that, right? And if yeah. we don't, then because of whatever fear, um, you know, that's to me, to me, and I, I was in that group a lot when I lived in California, I didn't always pray over the food at Thanksgiving. It was like, yeah, I mean, I was there. I was, you know, afraid to be judged or something, just, you know, but I, we can't do that. We got to be the light. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, we we'll call it salt and light. Uh, that's right. I have a thought, but it's, it's totally different than yours. Um, we, well, I have lots of thoughts, but one of them, so the verses right after what you read are one of my favorites, like to him who was able to do more than you could ever hope or imagine. I memorize that, especially going through hard things. I had it, It's actually on my visor in the car because that's cool. sometimes we can't see what God is doing, right? But he's always working in that. Being thankful, I think, is a choice, just like choosing joy is a choice. That doesn't mean that today is easy or everything's going to go as you plan. But um, being rooted in your faith in God, I think, gives you more of that ability to choose that that is how you are going to live your life. Mm. And um, that is, I think, very freeing. And every every morning, usually when I wake up, I'm like half waking up, but I don't want to wake up. I'm in denial. And I usually just start praying or I have worship songs in my head. And I just thank God for another day because we take that for granted too, right? Yes. Society has all this, oh, woe is me. And what about that? Gosh, I mean, I woke up today. That's a really good start. Let's start there, right? And I think just perspective could be really helpful. It's good. Yeah. And every time we go somewhere where they don't have as much, we're immediately reminded of our need to be grateful and yeah. And then how quickly, and this is human nature, this is all of us, that we do need to remind ourselves, and that's why Thanksgiving is such a great holiday, that, hey, we do have a whole lot to be thankful for. We we live, I'm, I'm not just saying this out of a spirit of nationalism only or anything like that, 
we do live in, if not the best, one of the top few best countries that has ever existed on the face of the planet. That's not an overstatement. Mm -hmm. That's not an America first statement. Even that is a God's immensely blessed us. And so, wow. When we go travel to places uh, where things are very different, sometimes we we're quickly reminded of that. Amen. That's right. What do you think? There's a good book. I don't know the author, but it's called uh, Providential America. It goes through the beginning of the Mayflower, even before that, the first ships that came over with, you know, Christian, non-Christian immigrants to the United States and how we're still providentially taken care of. Peter Marshall's book like that. Remember that one, uh, Tank, with uh, Peter Marshall wrote about the difference between those that settled in the north, like you said, the colonies up there, and those that settled South America. The north was here for freedom to find God and to understand that love, like Will says, is, hey, it's just a real thing. And those who are looking for gold and money and what they could get in South yeah. America. Right. Interesting. Yeah, and, and, and Jamestown's legacy had a lot of rough starts and, and rough things about it. But, but Plymouth's legacy, Plymouth Rock's legacy was is incredible just spiritually and, and how that's flowed into our nation's founding and so many other things. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to remind ourselves, uh, don't define God's love just as him fixing your problems, because for example, some of the, uh, many of the times what we say we're thankful for during Thanksgiving is something that, again, this is not bad, but it is something that, it's there temporarily the next year. It might not be there or it may have changed or shifted or something like that. And so in our minds, we, the next year, what happens? We go on to the next thing. Okay. Well, that's not there anymore. Let me pick something else to be thankful for. And so I think it's good to, to remind ourselves that we shouldn't define his love. Ephesians three is all about Paul's praying church. I wish that you would understand how much God loves you and he aims his love at you. I wish that you would grasp that and fully understand that and have that as the foundation and the basis of your life. But in the same breath, it's important not to define his love as him always fixing all my problems. Sometimes he wants to fix me in the middle of my problems, in the middle of my circumstances. And look, he loves you because if you make the mistake of doing that, when you're going through something very difficult, you may question for you he loves you despite whether he removes a difficult circumstance or not and so um if you look at romans 8 a lot of people uh if if i was going to bring in one more passage i would say romans 8 28 okay so a lot of people quote romans 8 28 and that's a great bible verse to memorize and quote if you any of the listeners you have not done that it is a great one just to lock away in your mind uh even if you don't know the lord yet hey that's okay this is a great verse principle to to wire into your brain it's fantastic and it basically said paul same author paul he's writing to the church in rome and he says you know look everything if you belong to god and you give your life to him he's going to work things out don't don't worry about it that's basically what he's saying and so that's what a lot of people love to quote and there's nothing wrong with that it's a great verse romans eight twenty eight. but what they forget is everything that comes before it sometimes which gives it context. So let me just give this context real quick. So I'll read Romans eight twenty eight, and then I'll back up to, oh, I don't know, a, several verses before. Okay. So Romans eight twenty eight says, we know that all things work together for good 
to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And again, great memory verse. But what's what context is that made in, right? God will not necessarily always fix my circumstances, and I can be thankful for his love and the fact that it's there no matter what my circumstances look like. Well, if you look at verse 18, for example, it says, now listen to the words he repeats, suffering, groaning. You're going to hear those words a lot. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation, so first he starts with creation, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God, for God to redeem it. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruptions. That's amazing. Into the glorious liberty of the children of God, verse 22, for we know that the whole creation, here's that word, groans. And labors with birth pains together until now. So creation's groaning, waiting to be redeemed by God, right? And experience recreation. Verse 23, not only that, but we, so we shift from creation to us people, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan. There's that word again. You see it? Groan within ourselves. Why are we groaning? Well, we're eager. Well, we're groaning because we have aches and pains, but we're eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. When we get a new body, he's referencing the, um, the full redemption we get and, and the resurrection. But he says, for we were saved in this hope. But hope that is not seen is not hope. For why, why does one hope for what he sees? In other words, we're hoping for this because we haven't seen it yet. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Listen to this. Here's what he says. Here's why verse 28 is possible. Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, him also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings. There's that word. Creation groans, we groan. And then what does he say? The Spirit groans, but not for himself. Look, for us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. And then in verse 27, he basically says, who knows God's thoughts and mind better than a spirit? Nobody. So what he just said was, when, when your suffering and groaning is so intense that you take your prayer to God and you, the suffering so bad that you don't even know what to ask for, you can't even form the words. That's how bad your pain is, how much your suffering is. All you're doing is bringing your pain to him. That's it. The Holy Spirit promises, what other God would do this for us? The Holy Spirit promises the third person of the Trinity to step in for you and pray with groanings that you can't even grasp to the Father on your behalf, that he prays for you. That's, wow. I mean, if, 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 you, if you're thinking of struggling for something this week to be thankful for, that's right there. Hello. And then verse 28, this is why verse 28 is possible. And again, I know we all love to quote, Romans 8, 28, many of us, and that's good. But the only reason it's possible is because of what came before it. And so it says, and we know that all things work together for good. Why? Because we, we, um, what's that show, Joe? I dream of Jeannie. We squint our eyes and blink and we expect it to just show up, yeah. right? No, no, that's not why. <laughs> all things work together for good. Why? Because the Holy Spirit he just said the Holy Spirit's praying for you when you bring your pain to him and 
that's all you can bring to him. You don't know what to ask for. He steps in and prays. It matches up with God's will perfectly. And so all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So this is why Paul says what he can say in 1 Thessalonians 5 when he says, rejoice always. Yeah. Wait a second. How do I rejoice always when I'm going through a tough time? I should be joyful about the pain I'm going through. No, that's sick. That's twisted. God's not expecting you to be joyful about the pain itself or the trial itself or the removal of something you were grateful for before itself. He's saying you can rejoice always, no matter what the situation is because of these things, because of God. That's why he can say in first Thessalonians five, a couple verses later, he says, um, in everything, give thanks. That's why he can say that. That's why at Thanksgiving, even if, if you're listening to this right now, even if your entire life is falling apart and you don't have anybody to sit around the Thanksgiving dinner table with, you can still be thankful because of who God is and Ephesians 3, the love that he showed for you um, at the cross and how much he loves you and the love that he aims in your direction. Uh, you know, I don't, you can't top that and you can't take that away. That will never go away. I'd like to say something here too. Yes. People will disappoint you. So mm. if you're sitting alone at your table, it's because we are human and we hurt each other, even when we don't mean to, but God is constant and he's always there. And I think that's a great reminder of why we need a relationship with him. It's yep. not just about knowing, or you may not know any, like maybe you grew up with all the Bible verses in the felt boards. Maybe you grew up with none of it, but he wants to have a relationship with us, right? Okay. So you had a felt board. Will I see your smile. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm a product of the eighties and late eighties. We do. still have felt boards. Uh, what do you think, Paul? That's a great point. Uh, yeah. uh, I've been thinking. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 absolutely necessary for us to know that we as Christians carry the flag. You know, we we we're the standard bearers. Mm-hmm. And um I think sometimes we lose the culture because we forget who we are in Christ and the, and the joy that he's called us to. Um, I had, I, I, I began using a translation of the Bible called uh, the voice. And let me read Romans eight twenty eight to you from the voice. It says, we're confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful. When we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. And that part of that, you know, accepting his invitation is yeah. is so critical to that because anybody could take that verse of scripture and say, oh, well, you know, he's going to take care of it. It's going to be beautiful. Everything's, you know, done. but there is a necessity that we realize that we have a responsibility uh, to love him, uh, yes. to express that love and to be faithful uh, to his plan, which means we need to spend some time with him and get intimate with him uh, to be able to discern, to discern those kind of things. I read a, a thing not long ago that said uh, people will love us long before they fall in love with our Savior. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people are watching. They, they really are. And what are they're, they're waiting for messages of hope. Uh, and I, I believe that's critical. Um, there's one other point. I don't want to hog the conversation, but. I'm a great 
uh, not a great. I that sounded that sounded bad. I'm a great student of history. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a curious learner. Okay, love history. And uh, there there are two things, and then then I want to make a point. In the uh, in the charter of the London Company in 1619, uh, when when they were celebrating one of the the first celebrations, the charter reads that the day of our ship's arrival at the place assigned for plantation in the land of Virginia, and here it comes, shall be yearly and perpetually kept holy as a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God. Mm-hmm. Okay, now keep that in one part of the frame, okay? Uh, years later, uh, Abraham Lincoln makes a proclamation. It was a, his 118th proclamation. And he said, uh, he, he, he called on the American people and he said, with humble penitence, interesting, for our national perverseness and disobedience, fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of our nation. Okay. And then talking about, you know, when, when they have Thanksgiving, it was Abraham Lincoln who said, you have it on the fourth Sunday of November that that was going to be it. In 1938, Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to change when Thanksgiving would be celebrated. And he pushed it up a week to the third Thursday uh, in the month. And he did it by his own admission to boost the economy so that people would concentrate on having another week of being able to shop and make our economy strong. And I'm thinking, boy, did we move from there to there to there in a hurry? You know, uh, Lincoln's talking about penitence. He's talking mm-hmm. about he's talking about recognizing our brokenness and and turning to the only one who can heal it. And then uh, we have a president who says, well, wait a minute. It ought to be about Black Friday and let's move it a week so we can have have more. And then uh, and there was such an uprising in the country of people saying we're not going to do this. Uh, and matter of fact, they called it uh, Franksgiving uh, for a while. You know, Franklin uh, Franksgiving. And he and two years later, he said, OK, I give. Let's go back to to what Lincoln said, you know, wow. so. It's interesting to me that the American people, you know, we uh, we are blessed among all nations. I mean, we are. There's no no question. But like uh, like you've brought up, well, I, and I think it's absolutely central to the whole thing. If we don't remember who we are in Christ and the one who makes those blessings possible. And uh, and I, I know I know there are tons of people who. Do not anticipate Thanksgiving because it's too much work. Okay. <laughs> and you got to decide what, the, you know, who's going to bring this and who's going to bring that and da 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 da. And I will end by saying I saw a cartoon today. And the cartoon, it was the when the first pilgrims you know, met with the Indians. And there was a, a woman pilgrim and a, and a Native American woman. And they were busy putting food on the table. And one says to the other, I hope this doesn't become a tradition. And behind them, the pilgrims were playing the Indians in a football game, you know. And so, you know, here we are, here we are, and there's much to celebrate. Um, and and I think it's important to remember, it's not an easy thing to carry the flag because you're swimming against the tide, you know. Yeah. And uh, but we have a magnificent Savior, and I, I've spent a lot of years pursuing and and 
trying to understand and gain wisdom on what it means to follow Christ. And uh, still, still to this day, uh, can't begin to comprehend the beauty of the love behind the cross. I, I just I can't get my head around that. Uh, I believe it. I accept it. I'm grateful for it. And I'll proclaim it with with great joy. But boy, to, to understand that depth of love way beyond my brain, you know, to do that. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad he just keeps he keeps keeps pouring it on, you know, man. Amen. Yeah. So keep that's on, what I was thinking. Well, and that's a great point, because that, you know, that's all of us, really, Dr. Paul, because he's that's why I think one of the reasons Paul uses four dimensional words in Ephesians three for his love, he says that you might be able to comprehend the width and length and depth and height of mm-hmm. his love. It's it's I don't know how to sum that up or say it any different. It's, yeah, it's pretty deep and, and multidimensional. It's amazing. Yeah, so I, you know, like you said, our nation's founding. I think we've experienced God's love in in that particular way. George Washington, even early on, you know, back to history, has has, uh, made some early proclamations regarding giving thanks to our, specifically to our God, not just generic thanks. Um, Economic results of obedience to God's biblical work principles. I mean, there's been so many things, um, you know, and so I... I just I think the proof of God's love for you is in the work of the cross. And I think if anyone's listening that doesn't know that, that you you should you need to understand that it's in his death on the cross so that he can win you back to him. And also not just that, but also fill you with everything he wants you to have so that you can live for him in hope and in thanksgiving. And I think that has to be the foundation of your life. And particularly this week, the week of Thanksgiving, it has to be the foundation of your ability to give thanks and the content of what to be thankful for, even if nothing else going on in your life would lead you to be thankful. Um, Even if many times there are several other things we could point to, but even if none of them are there, you always still have that. You always still have God's love. So, um, yeah, that's my challenge to, to all of you and to, certainly to the listeners. Amen. I think, too, is great. One, one thought there, you all make me think about it. He speaks there in Hebrews again. Things unseen. Great phrase. Follow that phrase. Things unseen. God works through things unseen. If you're facing a life right now and there's difficulties, things you do not understand, things that you're trying to say what the Bible says and say, I trust God. I do have faith in him. I trust him. But, oh, my goodness, I don't have an answer. You got to remember at that point, things unseen, like Will was saying, he sees them. And like Paul said, the longer we march, we get to that place where we can put it on our visor, like Steph said, and Zank, and pull that visor down every day and know that he sees it. We yeah. just have to take those. Them. Boy, the older you get, too, you know, not me, but the rest of them. Are you um, groaning, Joe? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. The older we get, the more we realize, wow, God is working and I, don't ever think you get it because uh, you got it. You got taken. You haven't begun to see be, what God can do. Like you were saying, Will, right there. Um, things unseen, just rest and trust. And like Zig Ziglar used to say, <laughs> we've already won. Remember? Remember that yeah. one, there, Will? Will? We've yes. already won. So. Yeah, it's the story's already, the end is already given. Yeah, we win. So Thanksgiving is a great time to, 
Thank him for the things you've yet to see in light of the things that you have. You know, and if you're lonely at Thanksgiving, he's there with you. If you're together with family, they're there with you. If you're with some family or this group or that, where they just drive you up a tree, he got Zacchaeus out of the tree. He can get you out of the tree too. Just come back down. If, you know, everybody's going to be okay because uh, right. he loves you, like Will said, and he is there. We got, uh, we we got. Keep going, Will. We got a couple minutes here. You might have a thought. Yeah, Stephanie, you had some. Yeah, I had. I had oh, a thought. So, well, I just know these last these last few years have been, you know not what most people had planned and yeah. just life has happened. And so we're isolated and now we are feeling financial squeezes and it's just, there's a lot of things happening that are not out of, that are out of our control. And so maybe you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and it's different this year, right? I think you kind of highlighted this well at the beginning that a lot of times the things that we look to, to be thankful for may not be here next year. A lot of times it's stuff or you know, we're just thinking in the immediate, not long term or or bigger picture. And Craig and I joke about this a lot. Usually women, you know, we're concentrated on our house and men are more the whole world, right? So we're, we have very different ideas, but everything outside the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why we're put together, right? There's a, um, there's a women's uh, ministry person I love. She's actually from Texas as well. Her name's Jenny Allen. And I just finished one of her books, Find Your People. And she was talking about the difference between tribal communities and non-tribal. And, you know, we're one of the good or bad things about um, being so blessed as a country is we've often isolated ourselves and the church has called us to live together and live in community. And so a lot of these tribal places, about 80% of the world are actually very, very happy because if I see that you're hurting well and you need something, I'm going to come across the street and give you some more of my harvest because I know you're in that struggle season. And so I do think that there is a big pruning that is happening or being allowed to happen or however you want to say it, that really is highlighting the things that matter and don't matter. And, and especially society, a lot of what we are focusing on really does not matter. Right. And so maybe to sit around the table and talk with your friends or your family, or if you end up at a restaurant or try to FaceTime someone, if you're home alone, what really matters, it's not, it's not the stuff. It's not what a lot of people try to emphasize. Right. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Amen. The other thing I'd like to summate is what you've all talked about, which is hope, you know, I mean, if there are listeners out there that are, alone, faced in a trial, um, a battle, when you know the battle's bigger than you, um, you still have hope. If you can believe in God, have faith, and show it in action by leaning on him, um, you know, Psalms 23, it's just that we turn, we choose to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, The pronoun changes, interestingly. He's right behind us with staff and and Rod, right? So um, if you can lean on him, then the battle's with him and you. You will win all the time. So he's a good ally. So don't have hope. Lean on God. And you'll have hope. That's right. That's right. That's right. Steph, you have a thought? No, that was good. No. <laughs> look good. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna talk about right, well. here. So when I hear things like more than once in a day, I go, okay, God, you're speaking to me. So mm-hmm. grounding, we're rooted in grounding. So 
I just think of Moses, and there was an odd part with Moses in the burning bush. So God's speaking to him, and he calls his name twice because we're men and we don't listen very well. So <laughs> Moses, please pay attention. And so, but he asked him to take his shoes off, put his feet on the ground. So I think that's a foundation, but it's also contact, I think, with God's creation in the earth. I told my brother to do that today. Is that yeah. what you heard? Yeah. Yes, it is. the best Christmas movie of all time, Die Hard. That's right. That's so right. Hotel Christmas room or whatever, and he's digging his toes into the carpet, right? So yeah. horrible. Different subject. We'll talk about that at Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. There we go. We have time to Christmas. Well, folks, we want to do one quick thing here too. We we'll do something a little different tonight. I'm just going to invite you. It's Thanksgiving. We want to thank everybody that does donate uh, and give love gifts to the program because it pays for everything to keep us on. And very quickly, if you'll go to bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations, bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. This is what you'll see right there. And um, there's a little button there. And if you'll follow that donation button, it'll tell you what you can do. And if the Lord leads you, whatever you can give will surely promise to put that to good use to bringing you Faith. We want to cover two or three key things. We want to cover faith. We want to cover for people of faith. We want to cover how it helps you and the needs of your life. We want to make all that faith lead to one great thing. As Will was saying, encouragement. God's got this. God's got this, whatever your this is. And uh, as you trust in him this way, uh, we thank you of Thanksgiving for what you're doing in helping us this way. And you can also go on uh, there's, there's other things. Give me a call, and then if, if you want, it's 972-922-8556. And uh, for time's sake, that's what I'm going to do tonight because we're going to do something a little different tonight. Um, we want to have prayer for you. It's Thanksgiving, and one of the greatest things we can do is bring the one we love and trust to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and let him pray and, and deal and, and reach out and put his arms around you. So... Um, Will, I'm going to pass that one back over to you. Okay, thanks, Joe. Yeah, I, any one of y'all, if you want to open us uh, in prayer, and then um, after you're finished, I'll give it some intentional, not very long, but I'll give it a, some intentional time of silence for any of our listeners to yes. to pray with us. I mean, we can't Amen. hear you and call in and all that, but uh, to to pray as well, give a little bit of silent dead time there, and then I'll close us out. Does somebody Amen. want to open us or any or all? Amen. Feel free. Looking at all you pastors, I know one of you wants to start in prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this time together, Lord, for being able to use technology, for being on the airwaves, to getting into each and every room that you want your presence and your love and your joy known, Lord. I just ask that you penetrate the hearts and the souls of all those that have joined in tonight, Lord. And mm-hmm. we're just so thankful for your word. It is so alive. It was true in the past and it is so true today. And I just thank you for, for breathing life into Ephesians 3 and Romans 8, Lord, tonight that you just bring those to mind um, to folks while they're struggling and while they're praising as they, they go into this holiday season, Lord, and just be, be with us and guide us as, as we go. And, um, 
give us the words to speak and the words not to speak when it's time to be quiet. Dear God, um, thank you for being so purposeful at all that you do. Mm. Thank you for our meeting all these people on the show. Thank you for the people who listen to us. God, keep us being a light in the world. Keep us showing our love to all people, even our enemies, as hard as that is going to and will be. Um, let us just shine for you. Father, for everyone who's hurting at Thanksgiving, may they feel your touch of your life, your hand, help them to hear your voice. Help us to be a light, as we've said tonight. Father, speak through us. Get us out of the way. For you know, if anything whatsoever is good or lasting will take place, it will be purely and only a work of the Holy Spirit through us because we get out of the way and let you speak through us or love through us. Forgive us when we feel you. We love you so much. Work in those unknown areas for your glory in the lives of everyone. Father, as we gather together this week, help us to remember who we are and mm -hmm. how we got to be who we are through the sacrifice of yes. Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, who is the exact image of you, Lord, Father. We pray, Father, that uh, our hearts be open to how you would choose to use us in these yes. next few days. Uh, help us to to be open conduits of your love and uh, the extension of your grace as we relate to the people around us. And uh, as we gather around our tables, Lord, may it be more than just a meal. May it be a, a time when our hearts connect with you, with one another, that we might truly be thankful uh, that you've made it possible for us to share another time together. And I do pray for our nation, Father, for those who are in authority over us. I yes. pray that your hand would be extended and Yes, so the, the realization, Father, that our greatest desire should be uh, to follow your desire, your heart for us. And uh, I just pray, Father, that you give wisdom where it's needed, that we can make decisions in light of your word uh, right. and not based mm -hmm. upon how we feel about it, uh, mm -hmm. but just to lean steadily upon who you are and what you've provided for us in your word and through our relationship with you through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. God, we we wrap this session up just um, asking just a couple things, Lord. If um, if there's anyone listening or watching this, and they think I have no clue who in the world y'all are talking to or why you would bow your heads like that and what kind of fantasy world you're living in. But um, if they're confused about that, Lord, I just pray you would show them your presence today. Mm -hmm. um, pray that you would draw them to talk to someone um, who loves Jesus and follows him mm -hmm. so that they could share with them what that's about and that it's very real. And Lord, the other thing, uh, we're thankful for all the blessings that you bring into our life. 
even Lord, the ones that don't look like it at first, the trials, the difficulties, we're thankful for the fact that that allows us another opportunity to draw close to you. That's always a blessing. And that's always something to be thankful for because it allows us to feel and understand more experientially of what Paul talks about in Ephesians three, your love. It brings us right back to your love. The one thing that never changes. So Lord, thank you for that. Um, This week, no matter what we have to be thankful for, and there's probably a lot or at least a few things, um, but even when there's nothing else, there's you and your love for us. Uh, that you showed at the cross and everything you want to do in our lives in and through us. And so, Lord, we're, we're grateful for that first and foremost as, as a foundation of our life. And thanks for Joe. And thank you for this show. Thank you for the listeners and everything we get to do. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks guys. And Steph, thanks. Love you guys, all of you and the will God bless you. Give the family a hug. We'll see you next week. Same time, same station. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. May the Lord's blessings be felt inside. God bless you. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.